Hey there, welcome to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Long, business coach for nutritionists. I help nutritionists just like you create and launch their business and sign their first high-paying client. In this podcast, you'll learn practical strategies to start and grow your nutrition business that you can implement right away. You'll also hear from a ton of guests who have started their own thriving nutrition businesses and share what they've learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Kim Foster and we're going to talk all about how to get MD referrals in your nutrition business. This is something I'm actually really excited to learn more about and share with you all and um, Dr. Kim is definitely the person to talk about this. So let me tell you a little bit more about her. Dr. Kim Foster is an MD turned health coach and business mentor for health coaches and wellness entrepreneurs. After having nearly 20 years of experience as family doctor and experiencing the frustrations and limitations of the conventional healthcare system, and then discovering the incredible potential of wellness coaching, she now helps health and wellness coaches build their businesses, find freedom, and make the world a healthier place. Kim is also the founder of Wellness Coach Academy, where she helps to start a successful career in health and wellness coaching. She provides six-month-long certification program for women who would love to pursue health and wellness coaching as a career. Kim is on a mission to help new and emerging coaches create and market their signature programs, serve more clients, and find true fulfillment. She has been featured on multiple TV, radio, and print media outlets, and is also the host of the podcast Marketing and Mindset for Wellness Coaches. Thanks so much for being here, uh, Dr. Kim. I'm really excited to talk with you. Thank you so much, Stephanie. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm really excited to talk to you. Yeah, me as well. And like I mentioned in the intro, um, this is a topic I think a lot of nutritionists are curious about. They're constantly asking me, um, you know, how do I get these referrals going and how do I work with medical uh, doctors or within the medical system, especially being a holistic nutritionist? I think maybe we can dig a little bit more into that. Um, as we go. And I can ask you some questions based on that. But um, before we jump in, why don't you just tell us a little bit about like how you um, came to becoming a medical doctor and then kind of shifting your practice to more health coaching and then mentoring? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, definitely a good place to start. It's a kind of a long story. So I will try to condense as much as I possibly can. Um, yeah, I mean, becoming a medical doctor, I mean, that that's actually not that interesting of a story. <laughs> that was something that I decided, you know, long, long ago when I was 17, decided that I wanted to become a doctor. You know, when you're 17, you don't really know too many things about what what things are possible, right? And this was a fairly well, well, very well-known career path and, uh, you know, well-laid-out career path. So once I decided, you know, that I wanted to go to med school and become a doctor, then it was just kind of a matter of executing on those steps, right? Um, you know, of course, I went into it because I wanted to help people and I wanted to make a difference in the world and I wanted to create a fulfilling career for myself. Like, those were all of my motivations for going into medicine. Um Unfortunately, what I found out after several, you know, after working in as a family doctor for a while is that a lot of those, I was going to struggle to actually meet a lot of those goals with this particular career that I had put myself into. Um, 
because like, as you, as you mentioned, you know, I discovered, I really struggled with a lot of frustrations with the healthcare system. Like I'm mm. sure that for your audience, I don't need to go into details, all the grisly details, but you know, we all are well aware that the healthcare system is broken in a lot of ways. So of course, functioning inside that system every day, I, I lived that frustration constantly. And um, so that really took away from my own professional fulfillment, happiness, satisfaction, all that stuff. Plus, I also started to realize that I needed a more flexible career for myself. Like at that point, I had, you know, two young kids at home and realized that my priorities had shifted compared to when I was 17 and decided to Mm -hmm. become a doctor. And so I was like, okay, I need something where I'm actually in control, where I, this is, I need more flexibility, more freedom. Um, And I wanted to show up and help people in a different way, like in a way that that was more holistic, that was more preventive, that was less about me just kind of handing out band-aids and putting out fires when people would come in to see me um, in the clinic. So, and that was, you know, right when all of that stuff was happening is when I discovered the world of health and wellness coaching. And I was like, oh my God, this is it. Like, this is what I've been looking for. This has the potential to give me everything that I want. And so that's what set me off on that trajectory to, towards a different career for myself. Ah, oh, thanks for going into detail about that. That's, it's always really nice to hear the progression of where someone came from and then where they ended up. And mm-hmm. it sounds like it was quite natural for you. You know, you kind of had that, maybe that nagging thing in your mind that was like, you know, I really like being a medical doctor, but I feel like there's maybe more and um, a different way to approach things as well. And um, would you say then, um, did you actually like shift your medical practice to like being more um, like a health coaching, health coach, um, or more like holistic? Or did you kind of like shift out of being a medical doctor entirely, and then just going right into kind of more health coaching? I tried to do it in like the first way that you mentioned, where I tried to kind of blend it and I tried to see if I could, um, you know, pivot within medicine without kind of throwing everything out the window and totally changing my career. Because of course that would have been, you know, that sort of seems like a smarter way, a more logical way. But the way that our healthcare system set up is just really not, I was just banging my head against a wall all the time with the time constraints, with like, you know, all of the stuff that, that that is just the way that it is. And so I pretty quickly realized that I was going to need to actually build a whole separate business and mm. career for myself in coaching. And so, you know, that's what I, that's what I did. And and I left clinical medicine a while ago. Like I have, I don't practice clinical medicine anymore at all. Um, I'm completely in uh, the coaching world, which I love and I'm mm-hmm. not looking back because it's just been so amazing. And so, you know, I, so I built a successful career for myself up in like separately while I was still paying my bills, my mortgage and everything through my medical uh, clinical work and, and scaling back my hours and things like that. And then building up my coaching business on the side um, and learning a ton about business and marketing. Like that was, that was this whole, this whole other new world that I really mm. knew nothing about. It's, you know, surprisingly, they don't teach us in med school how to market yeah. ourselves. Um, so I had a lot of learning to do, which I loved. And I had so much fun doing that totally unexpected bonus thing that, um, and, you know, I was learning so much about this exciting new world of online businesses and all of that kind of stuff. So, um, 
And then what I discovered, though, being kind of embroiled in this whole world for, you know, as I was getting deeper and deeper into the world of online business and coaching and all of that kind of stuff, is that I was encountering more and more people, um, you know, people like me, not necessarily doctors, but like just people who were trying to build up a coaching business and they were really struggling to build their businesses, like to get enough clients and to reach enough people. And so I started you know, kind of organically helping them with that. Like, cause I was having a lot of success and it was getting better and better. And so people of course were wanting to know how I was doing that. Mm-hmm. And so, so that, so I started pro- sort of shifting then and evolving even more into a bit of a mentorship role. And then I, you know, doubled down on that and became, and because I really was enjoying that because that also gives like even more impact, right? Like, so not just me, if I'm, you know, I can certainly help one person to get to improve their lives and become healthier. But if I can help the helpers, mm-hmm. then I know that I'm making even more of an impact because those, each of those people goes out and helps a ton of other, you know, people to be, to improve their lives and their well being. Um, then that just increases my impact and that just to ha- caused even more satisfaction and fulfillment (laughs) um, for me, which is um, a pretty amazing thing. And so, yeah, so that's, that's how I kind of continued to evolve along that spectrum and becoming more uh, like a business mentor and a coach. And now, um, you know, as you mentioned, so now I'm also training um, coaches and, you know, people, I use the term coaching, like I know, and my clients are, you know, coaches, holistic nutritionists, dietitians, other people from healthcare professions that are into anything. I use coach as kind of like the catch-all umbrella phrase, Mm -hmm. but it's really like if you're functioning in that space of helping people to, you know, really overcome their obstacles, their barriers, change your lifestyle, change your habits, everything that does not get included in that transaction with your doctor, where your doctor says, okay, Mm -hmm. you need to go and do this. And then you're just kind of left to your own devices to go out and do it. But the, all the, all the people who are helping people to make those changes and implement diet changes or start exercising or whatever it is, um, those are all, those are my people. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so for people who want to actually create that career for themselves, then that's what my training program is all about now, the Wellness Coach Academy. So um, yeah, so I just kind of keep on doubling down and just kind of keep on following my nose uh, down the rabbit hole of like helping more and more people in this world. And, and I just love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have a very similar story. I won't go into it, but, um, you know, I started out as a holistic nutritionist, built my business. People started asking me questions and then it just spiraled from there. And I also found out, wow, I really love mentoring and marketing and sales a lot more than I love nutrition coaching. So, (laughs) you know, it sounds like we're similar there. Um, and yeah, I love that idea of like, you know, helping the helper. I think that's a really great way to look at it. And, you know, I think it's also a really, uh, good bonus that you've been in both roles. Now you've been in the MD role, you're now in the health coaching and mentoring role. Um, You know, the inner workings of both worlds. And I think that for holistic nutritionists or dietitians, you know, people that aren't maybe um, used to being, you know, for the most part in a clinical setting, especially if you're just starting out in your business, you know, you're not used to that atmosphere and those conversations and how to get your foot in the door. Um, I think a lot of people, again, just starting out can feel nervous approaching like a medical doctor or even like a naturopath or somebody else in the industry to, you know, partner up with or get referrals. So I would even love to shift the conversation into like, 
just starting to talk about, you know, what does that look like? How do we get our foot in the door? How do we have conversations? What do we say? Because, you know, I have my different like thoughts and opinions on, you know, writing a referral email, but you're the right person. You know exactly what someone wants to receive in their email inbox. So where would someone even get started with, with those referrals? Yeah, that's a great question. And and really, this is something that this is an early question that I was getting asked a lot by people, because like you said, I have that those like I have a foot in each of those worlds. I functioned in the conventional healthcare system for many years as an MD. And now I've you know been in the coaching world for a long time, too. So, yeah, so I know both sides of uh, the system in that way. And so when you're ta- when you're when we're talking about you know, for holistic nutritionists and coaches to get in front of doctors, because that partnership is a beautiful thing. Like it really aligns. And in my opinion, it's very much an untapped um, relationship. Doctors uh, just are, we're too siloed, right? Like we're all way too siloed. It really needs to be more of a collaboration, more of a team kind of thing. Um, And so, um, so I, it really, it's important. It's in everybody's best interest to actually do this. So it is, and I'm, I'm making a point of this because it isn't always the easiest thing to set up. It's true. But if you can hang on to why it's important, then that, that can help you, you know, to overcome some of those, you know, fears and doubts and all of those kinds of things, especially when you're starting out. Cause you're right, Stephanie, like it, it is hard. I know I'm well aware that it can be kind of an intimidating situation for many people to actually start to think about, okay, well, how am I going to talk? How am I going to connect with the doctor? How am I going to explain to them what I'm doing and what I want and all of those kinds of things? So I I totally get the intimidation factor, Mm -hmm. um, which is what I help a lot of people to overcome. Um, The most important thing is really the mindset shift. So to start this whole thing off, the most important mindset shift is to recognize that doctors actually do need you. Like whatever your services are, whatever your niche is in the health and wellness world, doctors definitely need you. It's just that they may not fully realize it yet. So part of your job is to actually um, help them to understand, you know, how beneficial what you are doing can be for them. Um, And that of course starts with you really stepping into that and adopting that mindset. So really look at, you know, what are, do you have limiting beliefs about how helpful you could be potentially to people, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so making sure that before you ever even think about approaching a doctor, you want to make sure that you are really clear on the benefits that you provide for people, um, but also the benefits that you provide for doctors. So I want you to think about it in terms of like, um, we all have had the experience of encounters with the medical profession. And usually, I mean, most of the time it's characterized by being rushed for time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so like most doctors are very limited in time. We have like a full waiting list and a waiting room that's packed. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's very uncomfortable. Trust me for most doctors. I know that it's frustrating. I totally get that frustrating on the part of the, you know, the consumer of the patients, but it's also incredibly frustrating and an uncomfortable situation for doctors to be, to be so pressured for time all the time. But anyway, it's set up this way. So, um, but you can help with that, right? Like you as a holistic health professional can help with that because 
all the stuff that people are really craving, like that patients are really craving, doctors do not have time for it. And in a lot of situations, it's outside their scope anyway, right? But people are asking for that stuff. Like they really want to know, what can I eat? What do I need to change? What should I do that's going to make this better? Like I got asked those questions every single day when I was practicing general practice family medicine. And I, you know, simply did not have the time to go into depth or into detail and help people with those pieces of the things that they could actually do to improve their health. So it was frustrating for me because even though, you know, I've I've had this as an interest, right? Like this has been an interest for mine and many doctors don't particularly have an interest in nutrition and things like that. And we don't learn a lot of it, you know, just through med school. We all know that truth too. Um, but even if you do have the knowledge, you just don't have the time to talk about it. But that's where you as a holistic nutritionist, as a health coach, as a wellness coach, you can actually help with that. So if you can position yourself to a doctor as being somebody who's a resource, somebody who can help their patients, their motivated patients to really up-level what they're doing in their life so that they get better results, so that they you know, can finally lose weight or quit smoking or manage their stress or whatever it is that you're helping them with, then that is a win for everybody. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, absolutely. And that even makes me curious. And I, and I'm really curious if your thoughts on this, if you would say being niche down, um, is going to give more clarity to the doctor. So let's say you, you know, you niche down into gut health and then you approach a doctor and say, you know, any of your clients who are having digestive issues, gut health issues, you know, proper, just need like mealtime support, meal plans, whatever it is, um, like that would be a benefit to the doctor to be more niche down. Or do you think it's better in this case for referrals to be more generalized and say, I can help with anything to do with nutrition? I actually am of the opinion that it's better to be niched down. Um, And so I'll explain why. Uh, And I talk about this in my course too. This is like the foundation. You have to make what I call your practice needs to be referral friendly. So you want to, and and setting up a referral friendly practice, like your health coaching or nutrition practice, means that you're super clear on who you're helping and what you're helping them with. Because you need to be able to communicate that to a physician, right? You need to be able to say, Okay, so when you've got this particular type of person in your in your clinic and they're asking you this particular issue or they're struggling with this problem and you are at the end of what you can actually do for them medically, I can help with that situation. Send them my way. I can do this and that and the other thing with them. And you want to be really specific because when you're talking to physicians and and trying to like establish referral relationships, trust is paramount. That is the biggest, it's not the biggest, but it is a really big thing. If a physician doesn't trust that that you're going to do um, beneficial things with their patients, they're not going to send anybody your way. And and part of trust is them to be very clear on what it actually is, how they how you're going to actually be able to help their patients. And so being able to paint a very concrete picture, that is really going to be helpful. The other thing is sort of ties into what I was saying about how they're so busy. You know, physicians see a ton of patients every single day, most general practitioners. I mean, it depends on the specialty, but most like primary care, they're seeing a lot of people in a day. And if you've just got this kind of generic thing of like, hmm, if anybody needs help with their nutrition, then 
send them my way, that message is not really going to stick in their mind when they are, you know, in their in the the weeds of their busy day, right? But if you have planted the seed in a very particular way, like that you can help a, a very, like you said, gut health, like, you know, I can help um, women who are struggling with um, irritable bowel syndrome, like gut health problems that you, that there's nothing more that you can do for them in your, in medical capacity, then that's going to stick in their mind when they actually have that person sitting in front of them in their clinic. And they'll be like, oh yeah, right. And now I remember I talked to that nutritionist who said that she could actually help with this exact situation. Okay. I know exactly who to send you to. Does that make sense? <laughs> oh yeah. And I a hundred percent agree. I'm so on the same page as you here. I think it's going to really help you stick out. And like you said, yeah, being more generalist in this case probably is going to just harm you because you'll be forgettable. Exactly. Where if you're more yeah. specialized and you have that clear niche, you know, they're exactly like you said, you're going to stick in their head and um, be easy to refer to. And like you said, that trust factor, right? If they know exactly what you do, there's transparency there versus mm-hmm. when they're not really sure. They're like, they maybe they would hesitate to some send someone your way. So um, yeah, that makes complete sense. And then that actually makes me wonder, you know, when it comes to then like being clear on your niche, then would you go to like a specific medical doctor specializing in, let's say like, um, gut health or maybe not gut health, but, um, hmm, I'm trying to think of a good example, like maybe someone who does like surgeries for, for the gut or, um, you know, somebody that would specialize more in like gastro and, um, intestinal issues versus like a general family doctor. Like, would you go to that specific person to do the referrals or go to more of these general specialists? Yeah, as much as possible, you want to be very targeted in who you are approaching for referrals. Um, So really kind of, you know, regardless of whatever your niche is, you want to have a bit of a think on who is, you know, your, think about your ideal client, right? And who is she visiting? Like who is she um, seeing for her, um, who is she consulting for her healthcare, right? So yeah, she probably is going to her family doctor quite a bit um, because she's got these unresolved issues that, um, you know, the, the, that she's still struggling with. So primary care is is going to be a, a good place for you. you. Definitely approaching family doctors will help. Um, but yeah, absolutely. If there's a specialty that aligns with your niche, like gastroenterologists, um, I would certainly recommend that because they, again, like when, when medical professionals reach the end of what they can do for a person medically, um, but people are still struggling and suffering with their problems, then it's it's great to be able to have a, an extra service to refer people to. And really, like, doctors do this all the time, right? Like, we refer to, you know, a, a counselor if somebody is having mental health issues or um, a massage therapist if they're having some neck pain. And, you know, so we, mm-hmm. it is a, a well-established system, and so it's a mindset that physicians do have already. They just may not know about you yet, right? Mm. Like that's the idea is that you want them to understand the role that you play because truly like nutritionists and, and health coaches, they play a, a unique role that is not being served by any other member of the healthcare team. So um, yeah, but being really specific, like think about, you know, if you're helping new moms um, who are struggling with like overwhelm and stuff, then of course you want to talk to like OBG. GYNs um, mm. and pediatricians also because they're going to be in seeing the new moms too, right? So um, think about who your ideal client is seeing in terms of healthcare and then go to that set of people. 
Yeah, perfect. That sounds like a really good, a good first step to take. And then um, something that I've always been curious about, and I'm sure a lot of people listening are also wondering this, is would you be paying a referral fee to the medical doctor for sending people your way? Or is that not something that happens when it's like an MD to nutritionist referral? Is, is it kind of just more word of mouth and, you know, we just want to help our clients, so we'll send anyone your way? Or is there some kind of kickback that you're paying? This is a good question. I'm so glad you asked this. I get asked this question quite a lot, actually, Stephanie. And because, and I, the reason why is because that is so standard inside the like online business world and marketing. And we collaborate, we give affiliate fees and, mm-hmm. and like kickbacks and all the kinds of stuff. But when we're talking about getting referrals from doctors, you are not suggesting anything like that. You're not doing that um, because in that is generally speaking, there are very, very, very few uh, exceptions that I have encountered. But generally speaking, it is not that kind of relationship. It's not considered ethical um, from the medical professional's perspective. And in some cases, it's actually illegal. Mm. Um, We're like doctors are held to a very specific and, uh, you know, set of standards of medical ethics and taking um, compensation for referring people particular services is is outside of what's ethical. So you that this is good news for you like of course as a as nutritionist or health coach is that you don't need to worry about uh, offering them something in return. Um, I mean I guess it makes it a little bit more tricky because then you have to do your job in terms of conveying the benefit of why they would actually want to do it. Um, but yeah, you're not mention- you don't need to mention anything about um, and you shouldn't mention anything about compensation. That's great. I figured that, but I'm so glad I asked Mm -hmm. because I think it is that tricky thing where, you know, do we assume that they assume that or should we not or do you approach that subject? So I'm so glad that now we like know, you know, that that's kind of off the table and it's just about creating that referral partnership and collaboration. Yeah, exactly. Ready to start your nutrition business but have no idea what steps you need to take? No problem. That's exactly why I've created a completely free workshop for you called Six Steps to Start Your Nutrition Biz and Sign Your First Paying Clients. In this on-demand workshop, I'm sharing my six-step roadmap to starting a successful nutrition business without a huge social media following or years of experience. I'll also share the top three mistakes I see most new nutritionists making when starting their business and how to avoid them, and the must-have tools you need to run a successful nutrition business and wow your clients from day one. Oh, and did I mention that the workshop is completely free? Sign up at stephanielong.ca slash workshop and get instant access right now. So I'm just trying to put all the pieces together. So if we are pretty clear on like the niche we want to serve, then that maybe helps us to know which medical doctor we want to connect with. Um, We know that there's not going to be any kind of like referral payment um, happening. So what would be the next step someone would take? Would it be literally like writing up an email and just sending it out or sending multiple emails out? Um, You know, I just want to make sure everybody's taking like the right steps and the care to go into this process, because I think it could be a little bit intimidating, like we mentioned earlier. So just giving them that kind of step by step what to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So once you have, once you're clear on, like you've got your referral friendly foundation, you know exactly who you are, you know, what you're 
package, what your offer is essentially. And you've put, I always recommend that you put together like a bit of a hit list, right? Like create a spreadsheet. I love me a good spreadsheet. (laughs) So, um, you know, put together a list of physicians that you're going to approach, right? People who are aligned and all of that. And then, yeah, it's basically like you're, like you say, you, you are going to have to, this is a, a relationship-based marketing strategy. It's not really the kind of thing that you can automate as much as like many other marketing strategies that you can automate because forming that relationship um, is is really paramount. And so you're kind of taking it in a case-by-case basis because it really depends. Medical offices are not all set up the same. Um, you know, some there are some family practices that are still like the solo practitioner and you're just, they've just got one receptionist out front. Um, And then there's other places that are, uh, you know, a big multi-practitioner center. Mm -hmm. And so there's layers of administration that you're going to have to think about how you're going to get through that because uh, getting through the gatekeepers really is something that you're going to need to strategize and plan because of course, like, you know, medical office assistants, receptionists, they, part of their job is to protect the doctor's time. Um, And this is why it is hard to get through to the doctor initially um, because, of course, you know, doctors only, the way that our healthcare system is set up is doctors only get paid when they are actually seeing patients. So anytime that you are taking time away from a patient encounter, you're actually taking money out of the practice. Mm. So this is one of the reasons. So it, so understanding that, I think, and I explain this to all my students, like really understanding that helps you to understand why it is actually quite difficult to get through to them. It's not like people are intentionally being obstructionist. They, it's just, it, it's money right? Mm-hmm. And um, they need to keep their lights on. And so um, so they're going to be protecting the doctor. But that doesn't mean that you can't get through because people do it all the time, right? You, you, you know, pharmaceutical reps, for example, have been doing this for a very long time. And mm-hmm. um, the way that they get through to um, the person in the back, um, you know, the physician, is by being pleasantly persistent. Um, And so you have to be, uh, you know, a positive force in their, you know, in the receptionist day. Like we'll just talk about that medical office assistant. We often call them MOA. Um, So you need to show up and you need to be happy. And I don't, that doesn't necessarily just mean in person. I mean, certainly COVID made things very, very difficult um, in the last couple of years, Mm -hmm. but it could be on the phone. It could be via email. It can also be via like just snail mail. I mean, medical offices get a a lot of mail still. That's, we often still do things with paper. So, you know, there's, there's lots of options. You want to be really intentional and map out a plan for how you're going to make yourself known I mean, it just really starts with introducing yourself and not making a ton of asks right off the bat, right? Like you're just, you, it's, it's like any sales relationship. You kind of have to nurture that relationship. You start off with a nice warm introduction. You lead with service, like whether that's providing information or, um, you know, a basket of gluten-free muffins or whatever you do, right? Like, you know, there's, there's all kinds of ways to get creative and be a positive, um, part of their day showing up and then just continuing to circle back and be top of mind. Um, so yeah, that's in, I mean, there's lots more details of course to it, but that's kind of it in an overview. 
Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. And it's nice to remember that it's not like you're trying to say everything you ever want to say in this one email. And if you don't get it right, you've missed your opportunity. It's more that like nurture process. Um, So would you say that like usually you're recommending um, for people to write this kind of intro email or phone call or whatever it is and like ask to speak to the doctor to like talk about the referral relationship a little bit more? Or do you kind of want to do that all through like email and give all the information first so that again, you're not like wasting their time and um, they're not, you know, knowing why they should take their time to, you know, sit down and have an actual conversation with you. Well, I've seen it work well in a lot of different ways. So there is no, when we get to this stage of the game, there is no like, this is the only way that you should be doing it. Um, And it depends on so many things. It depends on the nature of the practice that you're approaching. It depends on your niche on like what the work actually is that you're doing. But I generally find that um, not coming in like, you know, with a really heavy handed attitude. big ask in the beginning, it's really, that's generally doesn't work as well as doing more of a warm up kind of thing, like an introduction. Uh, you know, this is, this is who I am. This is what I do in town. These are the kinds of things that I help people with. It's, I just, I wanted to introduce myself and see if I could be of service at some point and, you know, that kind of thing, or, mm. or like leading, like I say, with value, providing some information, like a booklet or packet of, of info on your particular area of expertise or, you know, something like that right um and then but yes so so maybe you're not starting out making the big ask but you do need to make the ask to talk to the physician ultimately like that does you need to be explicit that that's what you would like to do because you and not and this is another thing that's so important is that you're not coming in there asking them as though it's them doing you a favor it's asking because you know that you can be of service right so it's yeah. it's not like can you help me out it's like i can help you out i'd love to show you how or explain how my services work something like that mhm yeah that's a really really good point because at the end of the day they're busy they want to know you know how, what's in it for them for their clients you know what you know, what's really going to positively affect their practice, right? And if it's the opposite way, they might not see the value right away. So exactly. Great point. Yes. Okay. This also makes me wonder, um, you know, if if we're talking more like online business, if you're an online nutritionist and maybe you don't have any relationships with like um, local MDs, like, could you be working with an MD anywhere, like Canada wide, international, or should this be like you connecting with someone in your local area or does it matter? Oh yeah, it can be. I mean, the the sky is the limit for sure. Well, okay, it's not just the sky's the limit because sometimes there are limitations <laughs> geographically, um, especially if we're talking about um, you know jurisdictions and licensing and things like that. So sometimes that does play into it. But generally speaking, what I tell people is that you don't have to be limited by your geographic region. So I had a client who um, she her area of of expertise was very very specific. It was helping women to overcome their um, alcohol issues, but in a very particular method, it was not the standard like 12 step kind of method. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she had a a very small niche that was um, not 
at all served in her tiny little town in Colorado that she lived in. Um, so she connected with healthcare practitioners who were online, who ran like an online network of physicians who worked in this particular field. She connected with them and they, they did have some licensing restrictions. It wasn't, they weren't available in every single state. Um, but she had, there were plenty, I think it was like 40 states, different states that, that she was able to then plug into through this referral network and started to get clients coming to her from all over the place. So, um, yeah, so, so definitely don't get stuck in the trap of thinking that it just has to be healthcare practitioners in your town. I mean, it, it can be really, it can be quicker to get referral relationships established when you can actually go in and see people face to face. I mean, we know that this is true, right? There's no substitute for that, like actual in-person connection that you can make with people, but it doesn't have to be that way. And when you're ready to scale and grow, you know, you definitely want to look outside of what is just happening in your own backyard. Yeah, that's some great advice for sure. I love that. Um, okay, so what other questions did I want to ask? I feel like I could ask you a million questions <laughs> because it's such a topic. Like I mentioned, you know, a lot of us more in the holistic field, like we don't really know how to approach this. And I want to mm. make sure I'm giving everyone the right tools to really get started. So, oh, that's what I wanted to ask is, you know, I have a lot of people who are listening that are students or just graduated. And I feel like, you know, putting myself back in, in their shoes where they are now, I probably would have felt like, you know, but I'm just new. Like, what do I know right now? And maybe this is more of the mindset stuff that we can talk about. But, you know, that feeling of like, you know, I need more experience. I need to have more clients. I need to have more, you know, like, yeah, just like experience in the field before I go to a medical doctor and say why I should be helping them and their patients. So what would you say to that? Is that just like honestly a mindset block or is that a real thing that we need to consider? I think it's a bit of both, actually. I think that there is definitely some imposter syndrome that happens, I don't know, pretty much for everybody, especially in the <laughs> beginning. Um, and so you do need to really look at that and just examine of whether your doubts are just your imposter syndrome cropping up that we all have thinking that we're not good enough and we don't know enough and all of those kinds of things. So so that's that's important to to consider that. But the other part though is that when going back to what I was saying earlier about the trust thing is that it really is important. Like physicians are not going to refer people to you unless they really trust that their patients are going to be in good hands. And part of that trust, of course, is some kind of social proof or, you know, something along those lines, right? They do. Um, and as you know, to like evidence-based medicine, it's, it's the way that we all are trained to practice. And so anything that you can provide along the lines of evidence is also going to really make a big difference in terms mm -hmm. of whether they'll refer people to you or not. So, um, so for the brand new, like just fresh out of school grad or brand new in practice or that kind of thing, I do think that it can be very helpful to have something along the lines of testimonials and success stories and, you know, that kind of thing. Now that doesn't have to come, you don't have to have had an established practice several years with a hundred different clients. You can just get that through your first few clients and that can be be through beta clients too. Like mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be just, you don't have to wait until you've had a bunch of paying clients. If you're just at the beginning, if you, but if you have, if you can describe 
the change that you have helped people to make, if you can describe the benefit and, and not just you describing it, but if there can be other people, of course, describing like what changed for them in their life through working with you, then that can be incredibly helpful for getting referrals. Yeah, great point. I know something we did in my nutrition school was um, case studies. So mm-hmm. we had to do, I think, up to like 10 different clients with different issues and use them as case studies. Um, and, you know, in school, we're not necessarily told we have to like give that person their actual like recommendations and coaching. But I think it's always smart to do that and actually use those case studies as like, you know, treat them as a real client, because then just like you said, you know, that's that idea of like beta testing, or at least having some practice of like coming up with recommendations, giving those recommendations over and then seeing if that client is getting results, um, whether or not you're still a student, or if you're in practice like that, you know, it's just experience at the end of the day. Um, so I think that that's a great opportunity for, for those listening that want to, you know, use those case studies while you're in school to actually like help you, um, learn how to work with clients and, and help them get results. Cause I'm assuming also, even if they were like a beta tester client, or if they're someone that you helped as a case study, you can still get a testimonial as long as they've made progress. Would you say Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, and case studies would be perfect. Like that's, that's definitely a format that physicians understand. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if you, I mean, that's the sort of thing that could be presented in your initial like info pack or your introductory pack or whatever, um, you know, if you want to put something together to present, because that, that would be perfect. Like, Mm -hmm. because physicians don't care about how much money you're making in your business. Like I know that you care and we care, you know, Mm -hmm. but, um, but that's not the, that's not paramount for a physician. A doctor wants to know, like what, what change, like how, what are your results? Like what are, what are people getting out of working with you? And so if you can put that together in a case study, and if you've already done that as part of your training, then that's perfect. That would be a beautiful thing to include. Yeah. And do you think like, um, I'm not sure if in your experience you would know this, like working in practice, or if you just know from some of your own clients going out and, you know, getting MD referrals, but do you think MDs are getting like lots and lots of requests all the time to um, have like alternative healthcare practitioners referring or being referred to? Um, Or is this something like you would kind of stick out because that doesn't happen too often? you would definitely stick out because we do not get like, I mean, I haven't been practicing for a little bit now, so I'm not quite as in touch with what is going on. But I know that even when I was functioning in like actively functioning in health and wellness coaching and also practicing medicine, I never personally as a doctor heard from other health and wellness coaches. Like it was so rare that I would actually receive a pitch from a health and wellness coach and I mean, and I would check with our front staff all the time because they knew what, what I was doing too, right? So mm-hmm. um, it is so, there is a seemingly an enormous barrier. I don't know. And I think a lot of it comes to what we've been talking about, you know, about the imposter syndrome piece mm-hmm. and being intimidated. So you would, if you can be one of the few who overcomes all of those fears and doubts and fears of rejection and all of those kinds of things that we, you know, really, it's just the same fear and doubts that we have in many other elements of business just in this one particular situation. But if you can be a person who overcomes that stuff and actually, you know, just uh, gets out there and starts to approach medical offices, you definitely, you are not, you're not going to be like a, it, within a sea of other coaches and nutritionists approaching doctors. You would be, you will definitely be a unique voice. 
Oh, that's so good to hear because I think that can be a big fear too. Like, you know, oh, they're probably getting pitches all the time. Like who am I to send one in, right? But if we know that that's, you know, more unusual and you will kind of stick out in a good way, that's great. And, you know, something I even thought about myself, you know, in um, starting more like nutrition business coaching and starting my podcast and putting myself out there more is I really had to kind of like let my ego take a backseat and all of the imposter syndrome and worries and just be like, I am a vessel to help other people. And it doesn't matter how I feel about this. Like I'm, you know, I'm here to share. And so I think that that's something that everyone in this Um, scenario could also, you know, think of, you know, it's not about, you know, if you get rejected or, you know, something like that, like try not to take it too personally, just think like I'm here to serve. And if I can reach more people, then why not try to email a doctor and see if that um, connection could happen. So yeah, yeah, I I mean, I think the mindset is a big piece in this. It's probably its own huge conversation in just like how to (laughs) send pitches out and feel comfortable. But I do think if just like you said, if you can kind of get over yourself a little bit and try, there's something really great uh, waiting for you at the end. Yeah. Oh, I 100% agree. I mean, I tell my clients and students all the time, it's not about you. Stop making it be about you. Like there really, there are people, I know for a fact that there are people out there right now who are suffering, who are absolutely desperate for you to get over yourself and do what it takes to get in front of them. And so if you can do that and just kind of like toughen up and thicken your skin, whatever it is that you need to do to sort of step into that more empowered, confident space, um, and get yourself in front of them, then it's gonna, it's life changing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that was the pep talk. I think we all needed. So we'll leave it there. Um, Thank you so much for coming on and for sharing your experience and your expertise. I think that, I mean, I definitely learned a lot. I feel like everyone listening hopefully now has that confidence and those steps to take to, you know, start reaching out to MDs or different healthcare practitioners, making the connections and seeing where it takes them. So Thank you again so much. And and before you go, I'd love for you to share. I know you have um, a guide I think that people can download or anywhere that people can find you and connect with you. That um, would be great if you want to share that. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. This has been really an awesome conversation. I mean, I love talking about this topic. Um, and I think there needs to be more conversation about this topic for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like you said, so yes, I do have a guide, like a free guide for health coaches and nutritionists on how to get started approaching doctors for referrals. And so I think I'll give you the link and you can put yep. that in the show notes. I also have a quiz. Um, like it's a quick five minute quiz that people can take um, for free. And it will tell you, is your health coaching business ready for physician referrals? So if you're, if you're holistic practice, you know, if you're not sure if it's the time is right, or if you've got all your ducks in a row just yet, then this will give you a, you know, it's a temperature taking on how close you are to being actually ready. So you can take that quiz for free at drkimfoster.com forward slash quiz. And I'll give you that link too. You can stick that in the show notes maybe. Um, yeah, awesome. but and then and then come and find me on Instagram too. That's where I like to have conversations with people. You know, I'm at Dr. Kim Foster over on Instagram. Or of course my website has got all my all my stuff and everything, all my offers and programs and everything, um, and social links and things. So that's drkimfoster.com also. Perfect. I'll put that all in the show notes. And I love that quiz idea. I think that sounds like a great place for people to start and take that mm-hmm. and then see where they're at and Um, get started from there. So thank you again so much for coming, Kim. I really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure, Stephanie. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review, share the episode with a friend, or take us on social media. 
Catch you next time.